go. You are listening to Only the Important Stuff, and I'm your host, Jeff Heinrich. Thank you so much for coming along on this journey with me today. It is Wednesday, February 7th, 2024. Hope everybody is having a fantastic week. <clears throat> Super excited for today's episode. Got a chance to have my ma back on the podcast. Uh, just learning more about her life, raising uh, us as kids, and and really just getting a chance to get to know her better, which is kind of a wild thing to say. Um, but it's been fun. I'm super grateful that she is willing to jump on the podcast with me and you know share her stories and you know just just really get a chance to get to know her better and you know so that my kids will get a chance to get to know her better. Yeah, again, just super grateful that she's willing to come on can't wait to continue to do more of these. There's more things I want to talk to her about and we're going to get into it. Kind of sprung this on her last minute, so was grateful she was able to make it work. And without further ado, here we go. All right, welcome back to the pod, Mom. How are you doing? (laughs) I'm doing great, Jeff. Thanks for having me again. It's really a pleasure and a joy to be here with you and and, uh, Opening up all these uh, this inter- these interesting journeys with our family, so I, I love that, and, and so proud of you for doing all of this, so thank you for having me on again. Of course, of course. Um, I'm excited for, you know, a ton of reasons to have you on. I think, I don't know if I was surprised, but uh, pleasantly pleasantly surprised right like it brought me some joy just hearing so many people like reach out and say how cool it was to do this uh with you and like to be able to kind of take a jog down memory lane together and I know like personally it was nice because you're you're a part of the family right like you're very well aware we don't like sit down and talk like as a unit very often so like for us to be able to do that was super cool and I'm super thankful that we've got this and that we're able to do this and thankful you want to jump on here and come back and do this again and again and again and again and again because yeah we just don't get a chance to do it right like life's busy it's it's chaotic it's you know you're in and you're out we got games we got kids doing things and and whatnot so you know and it's just like when I did it with Jackson and talk I talk with Jen about it you know how often do we sit down and just have a face-to-face conversation with people that we care about intentionally about things that really matter. It's not often, right? We don't do it enough. No. That's for sure. No, not even Absolutely close. Absolutely never do it enough. So super thankful that, you know, we're able to do this. Um, strange that it has that we're, it took a platform like this to kind of spur that, but glad we're doing it. That's for I'm sure. I'm very thankful that we're doing it and it. It just is so heartwarming to think that this platform is getting us all to to visit and talk about it because every family gets so busy with their children's activities and they think about it in the back of their mind, but they don't take the time to sit down and actually spend an hour or two with each other Mm -hmm. and learn about their upbringing and their families and and stuff that they really want to delve into, but they just don't take the time because of family business, real being active with kids. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm curious, right? Like, so you did it. You did a podcast, right? You did your first. Um, You know, you've been around the block a little bit. What was your perception of doing it versus the reality of doing it? And, like, how did you, 
you know, I know you shared it with people. So what was that like hearing people talk about it? What, yeah, just talk me through your thoughts there. Well, when you started this podcast, I thought, boy, I'm really anxious for him to invite me to be on the pod because it's just visiting face-to-face with one another, family face-to-face with another is really heartwarming. And, and you just feel so much more comfortable about everything after you've had that pod. But then again, I was really nervous about it thinking, speaking into a microphone and, and wasn't sure of the questions you would ask me, but you have such a gift to ask the question that get them through an emotional part of the conversation and do it very beautifully. And when you ask about people that have listened to this, I was sharing Jeff's pod on the, at the gym where I work out every day. Mm-hmm. And this one gal Uh, came up to me and she says, well, how was the DEB this morning? And she said, I just love that pod. And she's the one that listened to one when you interviewed a Krista in, and she's got the, Mm -hmm. um, she's got a life skills business that she has. And she has been sharing this pod with everybody. So that's been heartwarming to me. And she says, I would just love to meet your son. He said, what a gift he has in his voice is so uh, enjoyable to listen to while I'm, she delivers mail every day, and she says she tells everybody about your pods, and <laughs> so that's been exciting for me. And then the gal that's one of my personal trainers, she's really fired up about this, and she's from Fairmont and came back to Fairmont and started a business, so she has shared all of that with everybody as well. So it's been really very rewarding to me, but more so for you, because this is something you've always wanted to do, and, and with the beautiful voice and gift that you have of of questioning people and getting them to talk openly from their heart is really a difficult thing to do, but you do it beautifully. So, you know, I, I don't know if I ever thought like this was going to be what I was doing in, in the pursuit of whatever this is. Right. Um, you know, I think, you know, if you asked me when I was 20, right in college, Oh yeah, I'm going to be a sports broadcaster and, you know, I'll be the next Joe Buck or I'll be on ESPN doing something like that and espousing my opinion, right? Or describing what I saw. And it was, it's been odd. It's been an odd experience for me to create this right in the hopes of you know leaving something behind for my kids but then kind of finding this weird niche that gets people to share really unexpectedly it's super bizarre right i mean and you know and my best friends that i've known for 30 years right like we will talk about things on here that we don't talk about face to face i don't know why this vehicle is like that um and it was never my intention to have like, again, I, I said it last time, you know, because Ryan, you know, with, with my old college baseball teammate Ryan on, you know, it's, it's kind of be, I feel like I have kind of become sort of this quasi or this podcast has kind of sort of become this quasi um, emotional relief valve for somebody and again, completely unintentionally, right? I, I wanted to talk about those things with people because I know I struggled mm-hmm. uh, with with the loss that we experienced and, you know, all that that entailed. So just allowing others to come on and talk about things that they're experiencing, it's 
it's been cool. And I don't know if it's just because there's like a, a, a sense of trust people have, like that they know I've been through something. So there's um, some faith that it's it's going to be done with, it's being done with the best intentions to, to help people or what. But it's been really cool um, to hear people reach out and say, you know, God, that's awesome, super powerful. Thank you so much. Um, and again, like just the conversation we had, just how cool it is to be able to do that. Um, and that people want, yeah, we got, I got to be doing more of that type of thing. And it's just strange, you know, I never thought this was going to ever help anybody ever. That was never my intention. It was for, it was purely for me and to talk about my friends and, uh, to leave something behind for my kids and take a shot and it's become something a little different and it it's yeah it's it's odd it's weird being in that seat right and feeling like that sometimes i don't know i don't know where i was going with that but well it (laughs) it is a beautiful vehicle for many of your dear friends and family jeff that have just dealt with a tragic loss in their life to be able to talk to someone about their feelings because they've been through it like you have and you both kind of understand where you're going but it's kind of a therapeutic uh, avenue for many of your people that you have on here and it's just so uplifting and rewarding for not only you but for them because they feel like a weight is lifted off their shoulders they can visit about it and they feel better opening up about it and their family gets to hear it and I just think it's such a rewarding uh, journey for you as well as your family and all your friends because they see you have such a gift and it truly is a gift to be able to question people and get them through an emotional co- portion of the interview and go on to the next statement and they just have all been very very thankful that you had invited them on and they share those kind of things yeah. and that's hard to do it, yeah. I don't know why it is but it's just hard to do you just kind of say well they don't understand so I'm not going to bring it up I'll just kind of bury it right here and then I'll just kind of move on or find another avenue to mm-hmm. release that. So sure. But it's such a natural gift that you have and I'm just so stinking proud of you. I just love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're you're my you're my number one supporter. Uh, my best marketer. My mom, you know, all good things, all good oh. things. But yeah, second time on. Yeah. Uh, are you are you you're not anxious for today, are you? No, you know, heaven's sakes, no. A little heaven bit sakes, last no. minute, but Heaven's sakes, no. Yeah, last time we were on, or you were on, um, we got we were talking about, you know, growing up, right? You you know the loss of your dad, how you know how you and dad met, and you know we might have touched on a little bit, you know, your life together a little bit, but I really would kind of wanted like get into that, right? Of because that's a big part of this is kind of marking in time for for Jen and I. Uh, raising the kids and what we're going through, how we're feeling, like the excitement, the um, any trepidations we might have of, of certain stages or anything. So I kind of want to do that with you. And I know you got to kind of go back into the memory bank there and, <laughs> and try and remember all these things and hopefully not with a, with rose colored glasses. Cause we, we know life isn't perfect. Um, but True. Yeah, so you know, let's let's do that, right? You you and Dad have you've gotten married, 
right? You, you, you've met, you're, you're through college, you got married, you moved up to the cities, I think initially, uh, dad was teaching. No, he was with Congolium as a sales rep for Congolium corporation in the floor covering industry. I was, you were teaching. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was substitute teaching. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of leave home, mm-hmm. which is, it's just, that's a scary proposition. Not a lot of people do that. Right. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I look at my group and really nobody's ever gone too far, right? They're all kind of within an hour or two drive of where they grew up and anchored in a, in a sense. And, you know, Ben recently did it and Ty had done it. And, you know, you, I know people who have done it, right? But it's it's rarer than you would think because we live in a global society now, right? But I would imagine at that time, when you guys did that, what was that, uh, the 70s? Yeah, 70, we got married in 74. Yep. 74, so when you guys left the, the cities and went to, your first stop was in Atlanta, right? Atlanta, Georgia. You went to Atlanta, what, 76? Seven? 76, yep. Dad worked for Congolium in the cities for three years, and then he got a job promotion down to Atlanta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. And we found out we were pregnant with Jennifer, and I was really sad to have to leave my mom. Sure. Because we were going several hundred, several thousand miles away from the Midwest. Yeah. And, um, but it was a big promotion for your dad in the corporate world, and that's what he was with Congolian for. So yeah. we took that big jump, and then I, um, we moved down there. And I went to work for a bank part-time, actually full-time, until Jennifer was born. And Dad was the assistant manager in, in Atlanta for three years. So what was, it, like, what was the conversation like for you two in that, at that time to, to take that leap? Because, again, you know, back then, cell phones weren't a thing. Social media wasn't a thing. Travel was a little more, uh, it was still fairly new, right? Uh, which is wild to say, right? Like plane travel was still a kind of in its infant. You could smoke on planes, mm-hmm. right? Um, <laughs> you know, it, so what was that like for you guys knowing you were leaving your kind of home base and your family and your support systems and everybody you knew and going to a, a new environment? A, yeah. yeah, a new world, a new world, realistically, really. yeah. uh, kind of all alone. Well, we. How much deliberation was there between you two? Well, I knew that he was the major breadwinner in the family, mm-hmm. and um, he wanted to climb the car- the corporate ladder. And I was, um, at the time, as substitute teaching, I did work for a bank in Minneapolis, and then I went to work for a bank in the cities, or in Atlanta. Yeah. And I just knew that that's the move that we had to make. And it was, you know, I just, there really wasn't a lot of discussion, because that was his profession and we just went down and moved down there and um, found a house on a golf course and and uh, I went to work part-time for a bank until Jennifer was born and then Mm -hmm. I was at home so there wasn't a lot of discussion because he was a major breadwinner and I just wanted to follow him and I could get a you know get a job wherever he had moved to so I didn't want to leave our families but it was important in our life that that's what he had to do do you think he was nervous at all no he was really excited about it. That's good. Yeah, that was. He was very excited about it, and he, of course, he was the youngest in his family, and all of his brothers lived in California, 
and his parents yeah. lived in in Fairmont. But his family lived in California, and he was excited to, to be in the corporate world at the time because mm-hmm. he was so young. We sure. were all young, and he was real excited about the opportunity. Yeah, that's why he wanted to do that. So, so then you guys get, as you mentioned, you know, you find out you're pregnant with Jennifer. Mm-hmm. What's going through your all's heads? Well, like, oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was very concerned about you know when she was born you know we didn't know anybody down there so I yeah had said you know I'm Rod and I both decided you're going to stay home and take care of Jennifer because mm-hmm. we don't know anybody down here daycare was expensive back then and I said well that's fine with me and I and he just worked and I stayed home and took care of the Jennifer mm-hmm. and we had a lot of people in the neighborhood that were home too so we had little play groups and that type of thing but um, being far away from family was sad because, you know, grandparents couldn't come as frequently as, as I get to come up and see our kids here. And, and so that was kind of sad, but you just, it's all part of, of the business world. And that's kind of what your dad was looking forward to. So that's yeah. kind of what we did. What was, what was it like, you know, going through, you know, the birth of your first child and kind of being a mom for the first time? was um was it more difficult than you thought easier than you thought uh frustrating i'm just right you know i mean like we all look back on it now and i I think it's a natural defense mechanism uh rightly so to block out all the shit that was like really tough and you forget about it but i'm just curious you know like were were you like ah this is overwhelming or no, I, like this, this makes sense. It's perfect. It just kind of comes along naturally. Well, I just, when I was pregnant, I had three very healthy pregnancies. So I was able to do walking and working out. And I worked up until a week before Jennifer was born. And I never had any problems with any of my pregnancies. So everything was pretty normal for me. And um, again, I guess just not having any family there to kind of to kind of be a backup support was kind of the mm-hmm. thing that I remember was the most emotional thing for me. Sure. But then, um, and your dad didn't travel very much back then. He was the assistant manager of Atlanta, so he had a lot of salespeople that he was in charge of. But um, he was home all the time. He wasn't traveling at that time. And yeah. we had a lot of people in the neighborhood, and they had had young babies too. So it was just a real normal thing for me. I was real healthy. I mm-hmm. didn't have any problems. So that made it easier. Yeah, and then as soon as the baby was born, then then Jen- when Jennifer was born, mom came down, and then Rod's parents always came to live with us because they were both retired. They came and lived with us every winter for six weeks, so they were there for six weeks for. So we had them visit at that time frame. So, but was it was that, real normal. I didn't have any problems with it at all. Yeah, was that stressful having in laws uh, in your house for six weeks? <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, the six-week one got long, yes, the six weeks, yeah. because I felt like I had to entertain them, and here I had a baby, and, and of course, they were in their 70s, and they didn't really care about going anywhere, but, I mean, it's just, it's a long time, because you're preparing meals and running to the grocery store, yeah. and Jennifer was so little, she, you know, she didn't really understand what was going on, but they came every winter until they passed away, yeah. you know, so you remember them coming to Arizona for quite a while, mm-hmm. so, but it was... It was the time that they got to spend with their grandkids, and she was a reading specialist, so she was working on reading and writing with you guys as you were growing up. So that was fun. From the educational standpoint, I was glad she got to do that with you guys. Sure. And Grandpa never spoke, so you guys, you know, he just sat there and never spoke. Yeah. <laughs> you remember that. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I know when I ask, right, because I know in-laws, even your own parents, mm-hmm. um, they did things a, w- a certain way. Yeah. And you're doing something how you feel is best for your kid. Were there ever any, like, was that uh, an, an issue for you all at all? Right. Where, you know, again, I, I can see grandpa Hugh, you know, grumping, you know, uh, because, you know, you and dad are, are doing something differently than they did. Like maybe they thought you were babying a baby too much, which is a wild thing mm-hmm. to say, mm-hmm. or, you should really just let them like figure that out on their own or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was there ever any of that? And like any, yeah. you know, Hey Rod, you know, <laughs> talk to your mom and tell her to like back off. I'm, I, this is how I cook. Leave me alone. Or. Well, I don't, I don't really recall much of that from grandpa Rod um, or grandpa Hugh. Grandpa Mandy was a lot more talkative and she was the one that was always trying to uh, prepare meals the way she wanted us to eat food and that kind of thing. So we just, when she came, I'd let her have some time making her own dinners that she would want to make. So mm-hmm. I really never, I mean, she liked to teach you guys the reading and the sight words and all that kind of stuff. And I just let her have her heyday because that was really her specialist okay. in, in, in education. So I let her do that with you guys. And it was a bonding time for you guys when they would come and stay for four to six sure. weeks. Sure. But like I said, Grandpa Hugh hardly ever spoke. So you never, except when it came to mechanical things, he was very mechanical. He could fix all kinds of things. He was very frugal with his money. So he, which poured on down to his father, to your father. So that was something that they kind of had a bond together. Your dad was always trying to fix things like his dad was always Mm -hmm. trying to fix things, which as things got newer and more technology involved, you couldn't do that with certain things. So, but that's really the only I never, ever saw them kind of interject any of that kind of stuff. And you're right. Things change from when you're raising kids to when you guys are raising kids. Things are so different today. Yeah. And and you just kind of try to keep your mouth closed. And if they ask your opinion, then you give your opinion. Right, right. (laughs) That's the best thing to do. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just natural, right? And it's... uh, (laughs) It's not right or wrong. Yeah. Uh, It's just... (laughs) Well, this is how we did it. Yeah. So why can't you do it that way? And it's like, well, because now we know smoking is bad around a child, right? So please don't smoke. Yeah. Right? Or yeah. You know, we grew up and we were in car seats for I don't know two, three years, and then it was a run of the muck in a car. You can sit wherever you want. Whereas like our kids are still in booster seats and they're ten years old. Yeah. You know, yeah. you just you learn more, you know more, and yeah, um, yeah, they just things change. Anyway, yeah, they do anyways. change. Um, so, you know, you, you've, you've got, you know, you've, you've had Jennifer, how long was it, were you guys in Atlanta before you were presented with this next opportunity to move? We were in Atlanta for three and a half years. And then he got promoted to the vice president of national sales up to New Jersey. So then, of course, we were pregnant at the time with you moving up to New Jersey so you were pregnant before the move. Yeah, before the move. and uh, Was that scary? Or, you know, kind of like, I've got to start all over again? No, because we knew we wanted to have more than one. We wanted to have a few not kids. With the, so. I mean, not, the, not with the kids, but I would but, imagine, like, in Atlanta, you had made some friendships, oh developed gosh. some relationships, 
got involved in some groups and then you got to start all over again. Was that a little scary? Like just knowing, all right, I got to, you know, we're going to have another kid. Got to do all this all over again. Uh, I don't know. I did not want to move every time we had to move because I just had gotten adapted to the neighborhood and the yeah. friends. And I, I, you just get comfortable with where you're living and then you got to uproot and then move again. Yeah. But then again, dad's a major breadwinner and it's, I'm, I'm an at-home mom raising kids and mm-hmm. It's a climb up the corporate ladder that he thought he wanted to take. So that's mm-hmm. kind of why we made that move. And every time I got to our new location, we would get involved in a church and we get to meet people in the neighborhood and would take a few months to kind of get acclimated and feel welcomed in that neighborhood. And, and I liked it after I got there, but every time he'd come home and say, well, now we're moving here. And I thought, oh, my Lord, here we so go again. So there weren't any discussions? Like, hey, I got presented with this opportunity. What are your thoughts? No. <laughs> no, because I was not working. He was a major breadwinner. And he just wanted to keep climbing up that corporate ladder. And he thought that this was the next step that was sure. necessary for him to do that. Sure. And um, he'd always ask you, well, what do you think about moving to Phoenix, Arizona, or Denver, Colorado? They were all places that were really seemed nice to me. And I didn't mind moving them. I didn't want to leave the home we just got fixed up, the neighborhood we just got adjusted to. And that's what you hated to leave because you got to start all over again. And that was a lot easier for me than your father because your father was a lot more introverted, but he was trying to climb that corporate ladder, and that's what he needed to do to get there. Mm -hmm. We thought he needed to do to get there. So, But it was each move was tough, but once we got there – I met a lot of wonderful people in those places. Yeah. And uh, I liked every place we lived, but just hated leaving it because it was, you know, you just really like your home or your neighbors and your kids are acclimated. And, and, and I always felt bad for the kids because then they had to start over again. But kids are always so social and, mm. and outgoing that they adapt easier than adults do, Sure, I think. so. Sure. But, uh, yeah, each move was difficult, in the beginning, and once I got there, settled and into the neighborhood, I really liked it and loved the people yeah. that we were and the na- and the area that we lived in because those were places we didn't choose on our own. But yeah, well, and then so you, so you moved to New Jersey. You were pregnant with me. How long were you there before you uh, had me? Oh boy, you were born in August, and I think we moved there like in uh, the fall. So maybe six, seven months we were there. Because okay. I, I was an at-home mom, so I didn't have a job. And then you were born, and then um, then another you had another neighbor across the street that also had a little one, so they asked if I could watch theirs, so I took that little child in. So mm-hmm. I had, you know, just doing a little daycare for a neighbor across yeah. the street. But we were only there two years because your dad had an hour and a half drive one way to work, and he Jeez. said, this is, I'm not doing this anymore. Okay. And I, so he was on the road three hours a day. Eesh. And he said, that's enough. And it was bumper-to-bumper traffic. Yeah. He said, I'm getting out of here. So then that's when he, from New Jersey, we moved down to Chattanooga, Tennessee. And then he went with Salem Carpet Mills. He, okay. And that was a different. So that was a different company. A different company, but still in the floor covering industry. Yeah. Yep. And so we were there two years, and then we were three and a half years in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Okay. And then from, and at the time we left Chattanooga, I was what, four Mm-hmm, because we moved on there when you were just a year. You had your first birthday when you were 
when we moved into the house in Chattanooga. So that would have been 80, 81. Yep. And then moved there in 84, 85 to Denver. Okay. <clears throat> there are 85 and 86. And then at that time, then he got promoted to running a great big distribution center in, in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Mm-hmm. So we went from Denver to Phoenix and we're there for eight years. Yeah. So realistically, in 10 years, you went to Atlanta, to New Jersey, to Chattanooga, to Denver, to Phoenix. You moved five times in 10 years. Actually, it was 20 because each stay was about three years, except New Jersey was just a little under two years. So three three in St. Paul, three in Atlanta, two in New Jersey, uh, three in Chattanooga, two in Denver, and then eight in uh, Phoenix before yeah. we came back to Fairmont. Yeah, but the in- oh, sorry, moved I guess I was just saying the initial moves yes. all took place realistically within a period of 10 years. Yeah. We're... It, were were you guys were either of you at that point kind of like fuck like are, are we ever gonna settle down i was like that he never uh was at the time and i know mm-hmm. we'll get to it i know eventually got there but like at the time where either of you i know you said you were but was he ever like you know it'd be nice uh to kind of like set down some roots and you know, let these kids kind of get us to, I don't know. I'm just curious, like if you guys ever had those conversations or if it was just, you know, I got to go to work. Good luck. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought Arizona, I thought he would want to stay in Arizona, mm-hmm. but then he got tired. That's to the point where he said, this is enough. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, they move me around every three years and forget I have a family. And he said, I just want to go back to my roots where I was born and raised and somebody has been after me for years to buy into their business and, I think it's time to just kind of get my kids settled and stay put and, and let's head back there. So, um, well, yeah, I mean, I, right. Like that's, that's interesting, right? Cause I mean, essentially you had kind of settled down in yeah. Arizona, Yes. right? Like yep. you hadn't been moving every three years once we got there, you know? And so I, you know, I think we moved there when I was six mm-hmm. um, and then we moved when I was like, or five or six. Oh my God, we moved when I was 12, right? So we were there six, seven years. You were there eight, I get that. I mm-hmm. left a little early. Yeah. Um, but we'd been there a while. So, I mean, we weren't moving around all the time. And I know you had gotten, you guys had gotten pregnant with Justin, but was it the the dream or the the, I would really like to have my own business? Or like what what were some of the decisions that went into that? Like from moving from there because you had a network, you had mm-hmm. friends. Mm-hmm. We oh, I mean, yeah. we all did, yeah. yeah, right. Um, that made you say, yeah, let's go back to Fairmont. Let's leave all you know these major metropolitans we've been living in mm-hmm. and go back to this small town. Mm-hmm. I think he had been in the we'd been in big cities for twenty two years, and I think he just finally said. I've had it. This is enough. You can't seem to please the right people in the corporate ladder. Mm-hmm. So he said, I want to go into a business for myself, do things for myself, for my family with an outcome that, you know, eventually you'll sell the business and we'll be able to retire. And I just yeah. want to be able to be my own boss. Sure. And I think 
and I completely understood where he was coming from. But mm-hmm. again, here we go. I really loved Arizona. I loved my teaching position. I had all kinds. Of, we all had all kinds of friends down there. We loved the neighborhood, yep. and and to take your kids from a big city to a really small community was I felt really hard on kids, mm-hmm. especially Jennifer. Now, you had your sports that you could get into, but I still think that's hard for you, too, because you're coming in in junior high, and these kids have maybe been playing sports together since third and fourth grade or living in the same neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. And I felt sad for my children because they had to adapt all over again. And uh, But I I understood Rod's reasoning. He said, I've just, I've had it. I just want to go into a business for myself. And that's kind of why he wanted to make that change. Plus, his dad was back there. Mm-hmm. And I think his dad was up there in his 90s, and he said, I just kind of want to. When his mom had just yeah, died. Yeah, his mom had just died. He wants to keep an eye on dad. And he said he felt like he needed to be back there to kind of, sure, you know, be there closer to his dad to help. Sure. And um, so that's, and I really understood that. And, of course, we were then closer back to my family, even though it's a few hours away. It's still closer than down in Arizona. Mm-hmm. But it took you, you the kids and myself a year to adapt to this small community versus having everything at her fingertips in a big city. That was a big adjustment. Yeah. Because Jennifer went from dancing to five days a week to one day a week. And that was huge for her because that was her life. Mm-hmm. And she just lived for dancing. And, and that's all they had back in Fairmont. So it was a huge adjustment for her and for you. And uh, Justin was just a baby. He didn't know any better. And he just yeah. went where the family went. But it was huge, a real big adjustment. Yeah. And then a few years down the road, I really liked it only took five minutes to get somewhere instead of 20 or 30. Sure. I enjoyed that, and I enjoyed no traffic like you have in the big cities. But what a huge adjustment for the family Yeah. to go from a big city to a small community. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a huge adjustment for all of us. Yeah. Um, you know, we I talk a lot about this with, like, my friends about like their kids and their involvement. And you just mentioned, you know, Jen was dancing five days a week. Um, you know, I was basically playing baseball year round, except mm-hmm. in July and August. Uh, I was in, I was in other things um, at the time, but like, what was that like for you all getting us? I mean, obviously, you know, I know you guys were involved in sports, right? And it was a big part of your life, but getting us involved in those things, where did you guys have conversations about that? Like, you know, we want to help them find their thing or we got to get them involved in X and, or, and was dad ever like, you know, I want them playing basketball. I want, you know, did you guys ever have conversations Mm -hmm. about those things and and how did those kind of shake out? Well, we knew being new to the community that if we got them involved in some sporting events, they would make new friends and they'd have some fun and that would help grow their social life with getting making some new friends. Sure. And we weren't sure what Fairmont had to offer, so we just wanted them, whether it was baseball, basketball, football, we just wanted them to be involved with other kids so they could make some friendships. Yeah, and I, and I don't mean like in Fairmont, I mean... Oh, and when we were young, right? Oh, like when you're oh, five, gosh. six years old and kind of getting involved in things, right? Like from soccer mm-hmm. to basketball to baseball. And I mean, I know I didn't play football till seventh grade, but mm-hmm. all of those things, right? Like kind of what were there conversations there? Like 
we just got to get him involved or, you know, it was too much. I, I don't know. Well, I guess we were both raised in very sport-oriented families. Yeah. And we're both physical education majors. Your dad was a had a degree in athletic administration. And we understood the value of being involved. And we liked athletics because we thought it taught a lot of life lessons. And so that's kind of where our niche was, was to get the kids involved in the athletic side of it. And they all loved it. So mm-hmm. uh, that's why we just kind of kept them busy with athletics. Now, Jennifer, by the time she was in sixth grade, I think you can remember this, she was out and she was playing softball and Rod and I tried to get her involved in all these kind of things. And then um, we were at one tournament and I said, Rod, all she's doing out there is picking picking the grass up, and then she's looking at her fingernails and playing with her hair. I said, we got to get her into dance. I said, she's not into this like we'd want her to be. And mm-hmm. I said, we want her to be in something she really has a passion for. Sure. So that at that point, then we got her into dance team and dance lessons and, and mm-hmm. dance Dynamite Express, and she was in her element. And that's... Was he ever like, oh. mm-hmm. with that? <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> like that. I guess that's kind of where. Like, did that take some nudging on your part to get him to do that? Mm-hmm. Yes, right. Like he really wanted his kids involved in athletics, competitive sports. Not that dancing is not a sport, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no score. You know, mm-hmm. ten to two. It's mm-hmm judgment based mm-hmm. right well, so yeah <laughs> it's a different version of sports yeah well he didn't really care that she wasn't into softball and basketball and that kind of stuff and i said okay. she's it's it's rod she's not enjoying this yeah we need to get her into something she really wants to be in and we've tried it for several yeah. years she was a wonderful swimmer but then she didn't want to be swimming because of her hair and all that kind of stuff so that's why we tried softball and but um she really her niche was in dance and she loved it she just yeah. had a just loved dancing, so that's where she was for several years. And But we just knew growing up in sports families that we wanted our kids involved in some kind of a sport that they had a passion for. We didn't yeah. want to force it on them. We wanted them to enjoy it and have some fun with it. So, okay. Did you know what you were signing up for with dance? No. <laughs> I was going to say. Right? Dad, Dad did not like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a lot, yeah. right? Um, and I'm, I'm thankful <laughs> Uh, that Jocelyn is not into it mm-hmm. yet. <laughs> I don't see her ever yeah. getting into it. Uh, True. Currently, yeah. Doesn't currently. mean it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Things can change. I get that. Um, she just doesn't like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I've talked to other dads who have their daughters in dance, and I'm like, oh boy. You know, like I joke about like you know youth sports being this absurd money machine mm-hmm. but fuck they got it all from dance like dance is the the ringleader right of that of your kid like yeah you take an intro class oh they're really good you should get them into jazz well that's another class you have to pay for you should get them into tap you should get them into hip-hop ballet uh what about show team versus <laughs> the team team you know and like mm-hmm. perform it and like do they rope you in so mm-hmm. deep you don't know which way to turn and then there's competitions everywhere mm-hmm. all the time I, and i just remember that like growing up and obviously yeah, i got Jennifer. into it because i yeah. 
I joined in because it was like, well, we're there every freaking day. And there's some other dudes here. I'll hang out with them. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, we were every weekend going somewhere for a recital or a parade or something. Yeah. At least that's what yes. it felt like. Yeah, we were. Up. I'm yeah, sure that's we correct. I'm sure we weren't doing it every weekend, but it was a lot. Close. Um, yeah, I'm just <laughs> – did that wear on you guys, right? Because that's like – I guess that's kind of where I'm getting at, right? It was like that's kind of like the inception of – all these travel teams and club sports, AAU, club baseball, you know, these traveling seven-on-seven football teams, et cetera. Like, they got the model from dance. Mm -hmm. So, like, back then in the early 90s, was that, were you guys ever like, what in the hell are we doing? Or, and I ask that because it's a question my wife and I, you know, wrestle with, with Jackson, Jocelyn, Mm -hmm. right? Like, Mm -hmm. we have them in things. At what point um, do we kind of let it run wild? Well, and I think, you know, back to Jennifer's dance experience in Arizona, you know, she danced, she had five different classes Monday through Friday, and then the weekends was competition or uh, parades, like you said, at certain times of the year. But I think as a parent, when you even, I think back on the kids that are doing traveling hockey right now, and traveling basketball in Fairmont. And you and, you and Justin did traveling basketball. And in the friendships that you make with the parents there, I mean, that's really a part of it too. Not only the traveling, but you get to sit with the parents and you go out to dinner after the games with the parents and you see the kids having a lot of fun and enjoying it. So, I mean, there's a lot of give and take with that, but it's just part of a, a growing up experience for the kids and it's lots of memories for the little ones growing up. And with you with baseball, you know, that was like nine months out of the year in Arizona. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we didn't have to do a lot of traveling for that because it was right in the area. Whereas dance, we were to California, we were to Las Vegas. Yeah, your dad went to half of them. I think you and I went the other half because he was busy and he said, that's enough. But it's just hard. Sure. But when you see that your kid is really happy and enjoying it and, and making friends and you as parents are making friends with the dance parents or the basketball parents or baseball parents. That's part of it, too. Mm-hmm. So we really enjoyed that part of it. And I liked that for your dad because your dad was so into business that he needed that social part for sure. himself. Sure. And he enjoyed that as well. Sure. But it is, it's, today, it's wild. It's really wild. Well, it's what you were talking about. It's dance. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is yeah. now. Oh, yeah. Essentially. <laughs> Excuse me. You know, I talked to my friend. It's practice constantly. Yeah tournaments every weekend traveling around you know yeah Yeah, i did travel basketball yeah but that was like 10th grade ninth and 10th grade that was not fifth sixth seventh eighth grade it was ninth and 10th grade was when we did it um and maybe three tournaments yeah yeah maybe again maybe and they were in the cities or Mankato mm-hmm. or Rochester, mm-hmm. was, you know, mm-hmm. at most two hours away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we weren't, <laughs> we weren't going to Chicago no. and down to Kentucky and over to St. Louis. Down to Florida. You know, yeah. and trying to work. Yeah. It was, yeah, yeah we can go up there on a Friday, yeah. be, a, be in the tournaments and come back and get to work on Monday. It's just kind of, everything's just on steroids now. And again, like what you were talking mm-hmm. about with dance, yeah. like that's what it, what it was it was yeah we're going to la this weekend yeah 
for a parade and dance competition. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know? Um, anyways, I digress. I digress. But yeah, so you mentioned that, you know, like she saw, you saw that she was super into it. Um, with us growing up, And it's and I'm asking this because right, it's something we are working on Jackson on, mm-hmm. right? Is he likes the things, but he doesn't work at the things. And my wife and I are very hesitant to dive into things unless he's going to show this extra effort for the things, right? Whether it's basketball, baseball, football, whatever, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Did you see that with us that, like, take, for instance, baseball for me, mm-hmm. you know, playing a lot, was that, oh, we're just going to sign him up? Or you could see that I was always into playing catch and going to hit or whatever. And so you're like, all right, you know, he's he's pretty passionate about this and, mm-hmm. you know, he wants to see where this is going, so we're going to sign him up for more of the stuff versus well no it's it's spring now is when we're doing baseball and then come fall we'll get you into something else and then comes winter we're going into basketball i'm just curious if you saw like that passion out of either of us you know and you obviously did with jennifer with dance did you see that out of me that led you to go down that route or did you see the opposite where it was like dad wanted me involved in basketball but i hated practicing basketball mm-hmm. just i don't know just curious and did it ever when did it switch if it did when you were in junior high we saw that you had you really loved baseball mm-hmm. and you did basketball football and those things because your friends were there mm-hmm. and you enjoyed those things but you really liked baseball and dad said to me many times i hope they feel like they don't have to be a superstar basketball player because I was. I want them to do what they enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. And I, we both discussed, I said, Jeff loves to pitch. He loves to hit the ball. He loves baseball. So then he had looked into some, I think we sent you to some pitching camps at the U of M when you were, what, sophomore and junior? I Maybe freshman, yeah. sophomore and junior. You went up to some pitching camps up at the U of M. And then he, you played fall ball down in Iowa because you, you knew he, you, we knew you had a passion for that. Mm-hmm. So, but in junior high, it was where your friends would be. And that's why you played basketball in the wintertime, football in the fall, and baseball in the spring because that's where all your friends were. Yeah. And that's still today, I think they want to go where their friends are. But then here, you know, you've got so many more than you do in a smaller community. Yeah, You know, there, there's so many more numbers that you have to, you know, coaches have to deal with that. But um, I think getting them to experience all of it, and then pretty soon they're going to have a passion for one of them. And you and Justin both said, when people asked you what your favorite sport was, you would say, well, whatever I'm playing right now. Both of you said the same thing mm-hmm. every season. Yeah. It's whatever sport I'm playing right now. Yeah. And then... Dad and I said, well, he loves to pitch. He hits the hell out of the ball. Baseball is going to be his thing. And you love baseball. I mean, we lived in Arizona for those years, and Mm -hmm. you played baseball all year long. And um, But when we moved to Fairmont, 
it was more of a social thing because that's where all your friends were because the numbers were small compared to big cities. Yeah. And that's where, and you guys had a lot of fun doing those three sports. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where yeah. we as parents decided. But up here, when you have a lot of families that are trying to specialize at such a young age, that's tough. That's sure. really tough. And a lot, of, a lot of people do it. Yeah. But if the kids really do need to have a passion for it, they really do need to say, boy, I really want to be a good basketball player. Because then you look into some basketball clinics or trainings for basketball coaches or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's different in a bigger city versus a smaller community. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But coming from an educational standpoint, in junior high and, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, those things are all really good social growth for kids, really good for the yeah. kids socially. And then some of them become pretty good athletes through that. But, you know, you got a lot of kids that are out there just for the fun of it. And then some kids are real serious about it. So then, and you can tell if that child has a gift with basketball or football or baseball. I, as a PE teacher, you could spot that by the end of their grade school years that mm-hmm. they really had a gift. Mm-hmm. but you know that was just because it was my profession but a lot of it when they're growing up is a social thing they love to be with their friends and that's sure. really part of it too sure yeah i bet i bet but the big city is different jeff because there's so many numbers and so many mm-hmm. um it's just difficult it's difficult because you're going to have those conversations how much money do we spend how many activities do we put our kids in but you want them to experience quite a few things and then let them decide. Yeah. You know, you're going to decide here. One or two. We're not going to do six. Right. One or two. Right. You know. For sure. So then you guys move up to, I mean, you have Justin. Shout out. <laughs> hey, <job>, buddy. Justin. <laughs> uh, and we move up to Minnesota. Um, you know, and we're not young. You know, Jen and I are, I don't want to say self-sufficient, but. For the most part, you know, we're in a small town. You don't you don't have to be running around all over heck and back for us mm-hmm. all the time. And, uh, you know, you mentioned everything's five minutes away. It's fairly easy to kind of deal with. What were some of the bigger changes from raising Jen and I kind of by yourselves mm-hmm. in these larger cities? And, you know, yes, if you wanted to have, have us involved – uh, in a lot of things, it involved a lot of running around and soccer momming in a mm-hmm. in a minivan to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. basically just kind of raising Justin as kind of like an only child. Did you, what were, you, I don't know, like what were some of the bigger differences there for you? Mm-hmm. Well, for better or worse? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you get, Justin was kind of like an only child because as he became, got into grade school, then you guys were off to college. Mm-hmm. And so he was kind of an only child. And, you know, I was teaching and dad was, you know, running the business and coaching and we were both coaching. And so it was a lot easier to get him someplace to an activity being in a small town versus a bigger city. Now, and for, and for you and Jennifer being 12 or 13 and 16, when we moved to Fairmont, you know, you guys, like you said, were pretty self-sufficient, um, a little easier for you, it, just easier in a smaller community. But it was, Justin was kind of an only child mm-hmm. because you guys were gone to college. And so, 
and we were in our early 40s when we had Justin. And you also parent differently in your 40s than you do in your 20s Uh because you've already raised two children. In what that, ways? Like, I guess that's like how how was it different for you guys? Well, everything wasn't such a big deal. If uh, you know, when you're in your twenties and somebody you know <laughs> gets hurt and gets a scrape or falls on a bicycle or something, it's a pretty big deal. Or falls off of a rollerblade or something. But when in your forties, you know, you just kind of it's not so emotional as it was when you were in your twenties versus in your mid forties. Because mm-hmm. Justin was in mid forties when he was grade school. Yeah, and I just think uh, you're not as strict as a parent when you're in your 40s because you were real strict with the other two, mm-hmm. and it's just not quite as intense because he really can learn from these older two siblings the stuff that we taught them on down to him. So he had two really good role models growing up in his brother and his sister, and which really helped us because we were having two. And I mean, Rod and I were so busy coaching and teaching, and he was running the business. It was we wouldn't have been able to do it without you or Jennifer. That's for darn sure. But he had two very good role models that helped raise him when he was little. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was nice. Yeah. <laughs> as far as differences, I don't, I don't know. Just things aren't as big a deal when you're in your mid-40s because you've raised two other kids sure. already. So I don't know if that makes any sense. <laughs> no, I, I mean, it does. Right? Yeah. It's, it's the same from a first to a second kid, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, we were we were very hyper aware and, you know, you got two people focusing on one little kid, mm-hmm. right? And then you have another and you're like, oh, yeah, well, we've done this. You know, it's not a big deal that, mm-hmm. you know, they had a blowout or they're sick or whatever. You know, just give them some Tylenol, pat them on the back. They'll be okay, <laughs> you know, whatever, right? You just, you're, you've been through the fire, mm-hmm. right? Um, Very well stated. Do you think that that presented in us differently, right? The fact that, I'm just curious, like from Mm -hmm. your perspective Mm -hmm. as our mom, Mm -hmm. you know, looking at Jen, myself, Justin, Mm -hmm. do you feel like we are different or what are the differences and do you think any of them are attributable to that, right, that... Yeah, the, you know, she was our first, so we were very strict. You know, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, strict with us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Justin, it was like, whatever, kid. You know, you can go to daycare <laughs> without shorts on. Like, mm-hmm. now that we're adults, do you see anything where you're like, yeah, I can see how that probably made them a, be a bit more X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. Just curious. Well, it's interesting because. Parenting is probably the most difficult job as humans that we have on this earth because you are, when you're in the moment, you're trying to make a quick decision and and handle it the the safest and and most loving and caring way that you possibly can. When when you're first parenting and you're in your 20s. And um, so then we were real protective and real uh, nurturing and real... uh, guiding and and trying to you know loving and that type of thing but yet real strict as far as no you can't do this this is all you have to do it or mm-hmm. and as with Justin he had you and Jennifer that were around him all the time and were really kind of parenting him as well as his mom and dad were so he kind of got it from two ends instead of just right. from just us yep but um 
Oh, boy, as far as differences, I think Justin seems to be very, very much so like his father. Pretty quiet, pretty laid back um, um, compared to you and Jennifer are a lot more social, a lot more um, uh, vocal, a lot more verbal, a lot more talkative than he is, whereas I think he thinks about a lot of things a lot pretty pretty much intensely too much sometimes instead of kind of talking about it and and mm-hmm. uh, getting other people's opinions but that is personality wise between you two but I don't know this is a difficult question <laughs> it's it's the existential question for any parent yeah I think I know I think about it all the time yeah what is nature versus nurture yeah. in your child what are you shaping yeah. versus what are they inherently? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, you know, you can you can kind of spiral yourself into, like, these uncontrollable, um, oh, God, did I do the right thing <laughs> yeah. Yeah. moments in you know did i handle that situation the right way is that going to scar them is mm-hmm. that going to mm-hmm. mold them is is that going to make them resent something or True. be passionate about something and yeah I, I, and so that's why i was just curious yeah. right like if you saw you know we were very hands off with justin and he's very you know i don't know xyz Mm -hmm. versus the other two you know we were very engaged in uh and i don't i don't hands off versus engaged is the Mm -hmm. wrong terminology right but new parents and you know if you're a parent and you're listening to this you understand what that means versus old hat parents Mm -hmm. right you know if you've got five kids the first one was raised differently than the fifth yes that is just a fact it is a fact (laughs) there's no you know the first time you uh, are on a podcast, you feel differently than the second time you're on one. Mm-hmm. The first mm-hmm. time you give a speech, it's different than the 20th time. I mean, that, yeah. that's just normal. Yeah. So I didn't know if, like, you were like, man, you know, I kind of see that he is like this. And I think that's for the better because mm-hmm. Jeff and Jen are mm-hmm. crazy about X. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. know that that was because we were crazy about X, and mm-hmm. we're glad that Justin's not like that, you know, because mm-hmm. we learned, like, you don't need to be like that. Whatever. I didn't yeah. know. Yeah. So I didn't know, yeah. you know, if you, if you had anything off the top of your head that you could Well, kind of I kind of like think, that. like your dad and I were real strict with you and Jennifer, mm-hmm. but I think it's because we were also in the bigger city, and we were, had to be a lot more protective and a lot more um, cautious and careful about about just being in that large environment mm-hmm. compared to Fairmont, where Justin was raised, yeah. you guys moved six times. Justin never moved. Well, he moved once when he was 18 months old. So he it doesn't count. Yeah, yeah. So he stayed in the same environment mm-hmm. and didn't have those changes throughout his lifetime. Yeah. But he had the same group of friends, the same community. And, and I, that has to be different. And I think that's... For him. Um, you know, Jen, Jen, Jennifer and I talk about that. I think yeah. that that's probably one of the most outwardly... Um, apparent differences yes is that jennifer and i Mm -hmm. have moved Mm -hmm. post being under your roof multiple times yeah and not for 
better or worse, yeah. right? Not, and again, you know, it's not good or bad. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's pretty obvious, right? Mm-hmm. Jennifer has moved, you know, seven, eight times. Yeah. I've moved three or four, for like yeah. multiple states, yeah. you know, cross country, you name it, right? And I think that that's because we're just comfortable yeah. doing that because that was how we were raised. Yeah. You know, we were raised to move on. Yeah. Um, and it's okay to move on. It doesn't mean anything, right? Like it's yeah. just where you live at the time, right? And I, not that Justin wouldn't take a chance, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, he hasn't mm-hmm. done anything like that. So you know, you could you could say it's probably because he never experienced it growing up, and so it's mm-hmm. anytime anybody's ever faced with, with a decision like that, there's some trepidation of mm-hmm. leaving sure. home and leaving your your network and your roots. Mm-hmm. And I know mm-hmm. that there's more than one person that goes into a decision like that. But again, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's just also a fact that he hasn't and we have. And yeah. I think that that's one of those things that, you know, we're just comfortable with it. Like yes. we know it's it's life and, you know, we've jumped at opportunities and taken them because we've been through it before. We've, it's we've it's not the end before. of the world. No. And I think when families have to do that frequently, I think – as the children grow, and they're the ones that have to move five or six times, as an adult, that shows you that you can survive, you can grow from change, you can survive from change, and you know how, you know how to move on. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the positives of that. Mm-hmm. Now, there could be some negatives. The negatives is that you're leaving your comfort zone and all your friends. That's the awful part of it. And you got to start over with friendships again. I think that was a difficult thing for kids and for us. Sure. But you can adapt as an adult because you did it growing up. As an adult, you can figure out things a lot quicker and know how to do it sure. more successfully. So, sure. Whereas Justin didn't have that, he had the comfort of staying at home in the same place, but yet, you know, he's doing, he's doing very well. Yeah. You know, no, but it's oh, just yeah, a difference yeah, 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 in personalities for sure. from what they had to grow up with. Right, That's and that was kind of what I was getting at. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, and a negative for doing it and no. for having done it. Yeah. For myself, as I know, I'm like super quick to cut bait, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is a negative. Like, yeah. I think is, I don't love about myself. What's that right? now? Like, I'm just super quick to cut bait and like yeah. bail, yeah. like go find something else, mm-hmm. right? Um, not, oh, it, this is hard, so I'm going to quit. It's not that. It's, um, it's like a sense of restlessness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, that I get sometimes, and it's like I need to move on. I mm-hmm. need to go do something else. I need mm-hmm. to try something else. I need to. It's a negative and a positive because I also think that that's good, like mm-hmm. to continue to evolve. But at the same time, you know, um, I just want to keep moving and like kind of changing and yeah. adapting. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know if that's good or bad. I, I think it's I, healthy now that I say that yeah. out loud. I but. Uh, yeah. I feel that it's really healthy because yeah. you recognize that and you know what you need to do for yourself. For yeah. your really, and I think it's sure. a healthy thing. But yet again, you see, you can kind of see some of the negative in it. But, but it I can think be viewed more, negatively. Yeah, that, yeah. Oh, this guy's uh, yeah, he's never happy. Yeah, it's like yeah. no, it's not that. Yeah. It's yeah. it's not that I'm not happy. I am yeah. right. Uh, I'm just ready for another challenge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think you that's know. very healthy that you recognize that personally. Yeah. Anyways, but that's. Again, kind of like me, because I am a doer and a goer, just very similar to you. And uh, and I did it for 22 years. 
every three yeah. years. I was just used to moving on. If yeah. not that I wanted to, but that's because Rod was a major breadwinner in the family, yeah. and that's kind of how we had to do it. So, and um, like I said, Justin Adair has adapted, you know, really well to <laughs> just what he has, and that's yeah. different than you guys, oh, you totally, and Jennifer, totally. So, totally, hundred um, percent. So, what was it like for you and Dad? having your kids go off to college, right? And really at two different stages, right? Like Jennifer and I went, you know, in the late 90s, mm-hmm. mid to late 90s. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, 12 years later, Justin goes, mm-hmm. right? Was, oh, yeah, what was that like for you two kind of knowing, like, our kid, okay, our our job's done. Now what? What? I'm, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, Jennifer, excitement, you know, worry. Yeah. What? Well, there's always worry when your kids are going out on their own into the world, wide, wide, wide open world, especially into the college setting, because you've done you've done the raising of these children up till they're 18 years of mm-hmm. age, and now you pray that they can make really good decisions out there with all these other kids that are going off to college. So um, she was ready to bust out of there and go off to college at 18. And uh, and it was was difficult because it was our first. And... uh, And she, she just... She never wanted to come home. She just... She loved it there. She was making a lot of friends. She got on the dance team. She did all kinds of fun stuff there. And uh, so she enjoyed that. And as a parent, I, I think you're kind of ready for them, especially those spring months when they're kind of, they know they don't have, they're going to graduate pretty soon from high school and they're ready to go on to, to bigger and better things. And that's a, a tough situation because I think she wanted to go, but that a part of her was kind of frightened as well. Sure. Um, because it was South Dakota State where her mom and dad went to school, and she was going into apparel merchandising, and not very many colleges around the country had a four-year degree program there. So South Dakota State did, and that's where she went off to go to school. And then with you, it was um, – it was. I remember one Sunday afternoon after you'd gone off to college, and I said – Rod, can we bring, please bring Jeff home? I want to fix him a really nice dinner, and, and I just miss him terribly. I want him to come home. Nope, 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 nope. He's a big boy now. He's going to stay on campus. He doesn't need to come home. We'll go out and see him next weekend. I said, please bring him home. Nope, nope, nope. I mean, he was really strict and really tough. Mm-hmm. Whereas Jennifer was really ready to, to, so to speak, blow the nest, get, you know, get out of there. And whereas you guys were really more more close to dad and I were as, whereas Jennifer became really independent her senior year and wanted to get out, probably out of Fairmont mm-hmm. into something where there was a lot more people and a lot more things for her to participate yeah. in. But, um, your dad and I had a real difficult time when you and Justin went off because, you know, you guys were more homebodies and we were into those activities, but Jennifer was so ready to get out of Fairmont and get to a place where she could get involved in a lot of activities. So that's the difference with us. Was it an excitement, like, as a parent for her um, to uh, to see her 
kind of like go and grow. Oh gosh, right? yes. You know, because like, you know, I mean, we've talked. We all know, like in our family, right? Like she uh, had the toughest time, like in yeah. Fairmont, because of a lack of all the stuff she was into, in just a short period of time. Like you don't have the time, especially for girls, it's so much harder. Um, you don't have the time to develop those bonds and those friendships. Was it kind of, yeah, again, you're just so excited for her to go be, find out who she is, like mm-hmm. become herself again versus, you know, Justin and I, you know, who were into athletics and we had those opportunities and then just kind of a sadness that you're not involved in them anymore. Mm-hmm. Was that, mm-hmm. Would that be an accurate kind of way to state that like kind of the differences there like you just you're excited for her to kind of go but then I mean obviously you're sad Mm -hmm. that she's leaving but at the same time like excited for her versus you know man like it we we don't have those things to do with Justin and Jeff anymore Mm -hmm. I don't know yeah well I was we were very excited for Jennifer to get around a large group of people and get involved in as much as she wanted to get into mm-hmm. that she couldn't do in Fairmont. That was yeah. the biggest part because yeah. she left a huge yeah. community of friends and all the activities and the dance connection and all the stuff she did in Arizona. So we knew she would really pick up on a lot of that stuff in, at South Dakota state. Mm-hmm. And that's why we were so excited for her to go. Of course we were sad because she was our firstborn, and mm-hmm. she was out the door there and, and just worried about, um, and I knew she would make the right decisions because we were really strict with her as she was growing up and she, you know, <laughs> spreading her wings but still making the right decisions. But right. it was it was tough for her. And with you and Justin, of course we didn't have those connections with the families involved in all those activities as as frequently as we did when you were involved in Fairmont. Yeah. But yet to go off because we still went to all the sporting events that you guys were involved in and made friendships there, and that was a lot of fun. So that was then our next stage in life, was to get involved with the college sporting families, which was really very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So after that, there was a connection that was really sad. So, mm-hmm. But we enjoyed every stage of that with the friends that we made from the sporting events that you guys were in and those teams. So mm-hmm. that was really fun for us. But there yeah. was a, an empty nesting when that got finished, so that was hard. Yeah, what was that like? <clears throat> well, we we stayed connected to some of the people in the sporting events, but then that gradually, then they had grandkids, so then that became less and less because then you're going to see your children and your grandkids, so we didn't have as many connections or get-togethers as we did like we did in college. So that mm-hmm. was hard. Yeah. But then we have grandkids to go visit, so that's kind of what replaces that. Well, yeah, that was years later. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, years later. <laughs> <clears throat> but that was tough because we just really enjoyed that part of the sporting scene on the college level. Uh-huh. And that was different. Although when your dad was in college and played basketball, he had people from Fairmont that would travel around the Midwest to see him play basketball. And they were people that lived in Fairmont and were avid basketball fans and loved to watch your dad play ball. So that was cool when we went back to Fairmont because we would reconnect with those people and your dad would happen to tell me about that. So that Mm -hmm. was always fun. But college was for you guys was quite a bit different because we'd get together on the weekends when you played sports and it wasn't too far for us to have to drive. So, but that was a lot of fun. Within reason. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 uh, you know, you guys came to some, Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, you came as to many as, as, as we as could. As many as you could. But, yeah. you know, at the same time, you you know, you had Justin. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Who was in things and, and needed to be involved in those. So, you know, you mm-hmm. you couldn't go all over the country watching me play baseball, understandably. Right? Um, and then well, when I when I left, right, like what was – when, when Jen and I were done with college, right, and we were off, like, we're just now adults. Mm-hmm. What was that, like, what was that like for you two? Like, did, did you guys have a lot of conversations about, like, oh, man, these these idiots are <laughs> out here, you know, being dumb. You know, they need to save for retirement. I, I don't know, right? Like, what, what was... Well, what as was, a parent, you, you know, just, you're real concerned about when they get out of college and they get that degree and then they get a job and they're trying to find an apartment to live in and they're trying to survive and make friends and whether they have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, you know, those are things you, as a parent, you're concerned with because you want to hopefully continue. They make really good choices. But of, of course, your dad being in the insurance industry and the financial industry, <laughs> constantly talking to you guys about that kind of thing. So, but I think all parents probably share that concern with kids as they're mm-hmm. out of college and so forth. Yeah. Maybe your dad, maybe more so with the financial part of it and the insurance part of it. But, um, and Jennifer as a, and a female, as parents, we're really concerned because she's out there by herself sure. until she gets a boyfriend or someone that she's seeing or whatever. And then with you, you know, you moved in right away with your high school buddies, didn't you? Mm-hmm. In that house. Yep. So we weren't too worried about you. Plus she had Wyatt. Probably should have been. Yeah. <laughs> Probably, yeah, should, probably have should have been. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't well, make a I lot of good st- decisions when <laughs> I was 22, Mom. <laughs> when I hear these just stories on the pods, I'm thinking, oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> I love and I laugh at them. But, um, survived. Yeah, we survived. Nobody got right. hurt. That's right. You did right? survive Nobody and are very jail. successful. So, but, I mean, those are just things all parents are concerned and worried about. But you've done your raising of them between 0 to 18 years of age and beyond. And you just hope those discussions help them make the good decisions yeah. for them to be more successful. Um, I don't know if we talked about it this last time we were on, but when I joined the army, mm-hmm. did we? I don't uh, think so. No, no. But but I've told the story of like when yeah. I called. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. What? I was scared to death. I thought, oh what my god. What was it like from from your pers- <laughs> like? Talk me through you two. Um. And me just kind of dropping a bomb <laughs> over the phone. <laughs> what was that like? Obviously the call, but then like afterwards, from your mm-hmm. all's perspective. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, and and you've shared this on the pod many times. I was, you know, with with nine eleven and so forth, and and all of that stuff going around. Just the world really frightened me that you possibly going into the military, you know, you, you don't come home. And so that is that a parent, I get really frightened. Mm-hmm. But when, I, when your dad actually calmed me down, I said, well, of course I want him to serve our country because if that's what he has a passion for and he thinks he can make a difference, that's what I want for him. But I said, you know, all parents worry about when their child goes off to serve in the military. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one thing you yeah. have in the back of your mind. Totally. But... um Oh, no, Dad was very pleased and very ex- nervous, but very excited about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, because he wanted to join the military, and he could not because he had asthma as a child, and he had bit both surgeries on these, and they wouldn't take him. Mm-hmm. Because that's when they were having the 
you just had to go. Yeah. He's in Vietnam. He didn't have a choice, but they said, no, you've got asthma and you have bad knees. Mm-hmm. But because he always wanted to serve because his, his father didn't serve, but his uncle served. Mm-hmm. And, um, but that was a conversation that, you know, the more we thought about it and talked about it, you know, I was very honored and excited for you that you wanted to serve your country because my father did the same thing. Yeah. But as a parent, you're still in the back of your mind, oh, my dear Lord, I hope he returns home when he does this kind of thing. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. normal. Sure. Very, very normal fear that all parents have. Sure. But uh, so dad was just real pleased and excited about it. And, and uh, very, in, ti- in time. In time. Yeah. <laughs> yes, in time. <laughs> Not really excited, but, gl- you know, very proud of you that you, you wanted to, to make a difference in the military. So, and, and out there in the country. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I remember him trying to get me to change it and join the Navy or the Air Force. I was like, yes. Yeah. Too late, Pops. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I already signed the dotted line. <laughs> I'm out. Uh-huh. Um, you know, so I, I did that. And there was some time, you know, prior to me leaving. But, you know, then when I left and, you know, was in, you know, basic training and my, my, my they call it AIT training and coming home, like, did you notice anything change in me from prior to to like even just after getting done with essentially basic i would say you were a lot i felt like you were a lot calmer in your in your uh, disposition around you know when you're talking about a lot of things you with your dad and with your eye with i mm-hmm. myself you were i don't know you just like you grew up or something. I don't know what it was. It was just a different perspective. <laughs> and and you were still very, very mature, but I thought, wow, this his whole aura is different mm-hmm. from being in basic training and, and you know, all the awards that you won uh, when before you came home. And, I mean, it just, wow, it was a huge change to mm-hmm. me. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, they teach you how to kill people and it changes your perspective <laughs> on life. <laughs> I'm sorry to say that, but yeah, I'm sorry to laugh, but (laughs) but it's just a huge maturity level that I noticed within you, hon, from 22 to 26, 27. When when did you go in? 23. 23. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, you just there. I think knowing now, like what I know, right? Like you just you're less worked up about dumb shit. Yes. yes. Because you know, like it. You know. Yeah. Yeah, a lot more at the end of the world there. there. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. oh well, no, you know, you what a minor inconvenience yeah. that you're facing. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Right, like, so you you get less worked up about yeah. things, yes. or at least I felt like yeah. I did. Yes, um, exactly. Yeah, and then you know when I'm done, like, and you know, anything's possible. Like, were were you guys at all worried uh, about anything? I mean, obviously, there's always like a little worry, but you know, I don't know. Or was it just, you know, no, he's fine. You mean worried about you going to resign and stay in as a career? I, or? I don't know, anything, right? Just like kind of where did you guys have conversations about like, oh, man, I wonder what the hell Jeff's doing today. Or, you know, where's he going to end up? Or, mm-hmm. you know, will he stay in and do the, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. or was it just a trust that you 
knew I knew what I was doing and I was going to make the best decision for oh. myself or did you feel like you needed to kind of like continue to no I, I, I don't know I, don't I didn't know. feel that way and neither did your dad because we saw uh, like I said a huge growth in you as far as priorities Jeff when you were in the military a lot of things like you said you were a lot calmer about a lot of tiny minor things but a huge growth in how you looked at things in life. And I knew that you would make the decision that was best for you. Mm -hmm. And dad, I think dad wanted you to do a career and go to officer, you know, I mean, become an officer and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I said, Rod, it's got to be what Jeff has a passion for. He served his years. And I said, I think that will help him even be more successful in the real world if he's done with it. And, you know, and your dad didn't talk a lot about stuff, Jeff, to me. Mm-hmm. He just kind of internalized a lot of it. So I'm glad he communicated a lot with you and Jennifer about certain things that were really important to, to him and to you guys. Mm-hmm. But I always just shared with him, you know, Jeff's done his time. He's going to do what's right for him. Mm-hmm. And I just saw a huge growth from when you went to when you got out, personally. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, I, he and I talked about that. Um, a mm-hmm. little bit. And shit, I think about it today. Well, sure you do. Sure. <laughs> I'd be retired. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Which is a wild thing to say. Flip side of that coin is I might be dead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, retired and starting another career or whatever. You yeah. know, you just never or, know. You know, you guys got a flag in a box and <clears throat> some medals on a yeah. wall. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, you know, yeah. you never know at the end of the day. Um but yeah, it was those were interesting conversations to have with him about mm-hmm. it, and just kind of letting him know, you know, like, hey, man, <laughs> mm-hmm. a little different when you're in the mud. Yeah, you know, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, you know, because he always wanted stability. Yes, yes. Uh, for exactly. us, I'm aware of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but just letting him know, like, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. This also isn't the most stable thing in the world, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, it is if you survive, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. but, Dad, I'm not yeah. sitting behind a desk, yeah. you know. Um, and I'm not, a, I'm not a pilot. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a pogue, mm-hmm. as we called it when we were in the military, right? Mm-hmm. Like the people who weren't in harm's way. Um, you know, so it's, it was a long, it would have been a long road uh, and obviously a treacherous one mm-hmm. to get to that stage, um. Yeah, but yeah, I think about it today. Right? Yeah, like you know, oh, what I'm if sure. I would have stayed in? Yeah. I mean, Rocky yeah. and I both do. Yeah, right? sure you uh, do. And I'm sure Brad does as well. Yeah. Um, and some of the other guys yeah. I served with, we think about it all the time. Like, yeah, what if you would have stayed in? But yeah. Um, we all made the decisions at the mm-hmm. time that were best for us, and I know for me, right? It was you know I'd met Jen. Mm-hmm. Um. And kind of knew I wanted to explore that portion of a life mm-hmm. and was fairly confident that I could not do both mm-hmm. successfully. Yeah. One would have suffered, right? Mm-hmm. Like I would, uh, I would not have been as good of a partner to her if I was all in on, you know, career as a military killing bad guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, or if I was all in on her, I would have been worse Mm-hmm. at that 
and more susceptible to thoughts that will get you hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, are you going to go kick a door down mm-hmm. if you're thinking about how do I get home? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, a- anyways, a- what was it like? Uh, sorry. Um, That's okay. What was it like uh, when I, you know, meeting Jen for the first time, my wife? Well, when we went down to Kentucky? Yeah. I think she came up to Minnesota first once. Yeah, for Charlie's wedding. So you got to meet her there. Oh, okay. I think. Yes, yes. That was the first time you met her. Uh-huh. So what was... Oh, I loved her. I thought... I still do. <laughs> She's a sweetheart. <laughs> if I could have picked a daughter, she would have been one. Yeah. Um, but I was just... Well, I was just delighted for her. I just thought she was such a sweetheart. Delighted for her. Well, I mean, <laughs> delighted for myself that I got to meet her. I'm sorry. Yeah. I loved it. And that that was the first time I met her when we went to Colorado, down to Kentucky. No, when she came up for Charlie's wedding. And then, right, I think I had proposed after Charlie's wedding, right? Okay. Because I wanted her, you guys to meet her mm-hmm. prior to proposing to her, okay. obviously. Okay, okay. Uh, and then you came down and really got to get to know her and her family mm-hmm. That's and, right. and whatnot That's right. after okay. we had gotten engaged. To... Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, were you like, yeah, mm-hmm. all right, you did okay, Jeff? Like, good job or happy? I, were you nervous? Like, was there was there a who's this girl right and taking my my son from me? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just curious. Well, I was. I had just prayed that. And I knew that you would select somebody that would complement your personality and you guys would work beautifully together and be very successful together. And I couldn't seriously wait to meet her because Mm -hmm. um, I feel like you are real um, um, particular about certain people and there's things that you like about people and things you don't like about people. So I knew you would pick somebody out that would be just – Top of the world, and that was Jennifer. Mm-hmm. That was your wife. <laughs> yeah. I was very excited to meet her. Yeah. So, And you, like I said, you were very particular about people, and, and you know, always have been, and I just knew she would be perfect, and I loved her. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yeah, Good. she's a sweetheart. Yeah, Absolute sweetheart. I've been very blessed with her as yeah. a daughter-in-law. Yeah, it was never, uh, it was never like a worry of mine. Right, mm-hmm. Inter- but I also never did it. Right, I never introduced you guys to anybody. Um, I think maybe you met one or two girls that I had dated, but they were never like serious. You know, I, I don't know. We brought one of them back to Fairmont from where she lived in the hills, I think, or something. Yep. I don't know what her name was, but and we took her to Oka- down to Iowa, Okaboji, or something. Remember mm-hmm. with us? Yeah, Arnold's for a Park. Or, yeah, for a day or two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I remember her. But and then of course we knew Carrie from high school. Mm-hmm. But yeah, other than that, I didn't. We didn't really know any of the other girls that you dated. Right for the better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Jeffrey. <laughs> They're not all winners, right? Like, obviously. <laughs> the you got why, the winner. That's yeah, the main exactly, thing. Exactly. Right. You, you got you know, the you winner. You end up with thing. one. So. <laughs> Hundred percent. All right. Um, well, I appreciate you coming on, Mom. Um, next time we'll we'll kind of get into 
maybe some heavier stuff, but mm-hmm. uh, this mm-hmm. was a, this was fun as mm-hmm. always. <laughs> yes, I appreciate it was a lot you of fun. <laughs> shedding some light and helping uh, <laughs> helping me learn the story a little bit more. <laughs> well, thank you for working through all those questions with me and and my memory and and that type of thing. But it's been very enjoyable, and I look forward to more pods with you, sweetheart. Good, good. Love you, honey. Thanks. Love for you having too, me mom. On. Thanks for thanks for being on, and uh, yeah. Talk soon. All right. Thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode. It means a lot to me that you are coming along on this journey with me down memory lane, getting to know me and my family a little bit better. Uh, Appreciate that without a doubt. Please continue to reach out, engage. If you ever listen to something and you find it helpful or insightful or just thought it was a cool episode, don't be afraid to send hate mail too. I like that just as much. Just as much. Just kidding. Hope everybody has a great week. Look forward to catching up with you all next week. Got my boy Rocky back on the podcast, or at least that is the plan. Hope everybody has a great week. We'll talk soon. Until next time, be easy. Be easy.